Welcome to Mutual Victory, friends. This is Matt. This is Jeannie. We're here to talk about something important. <laughs> We're here to talk about something important. We're also late. Yeah, we're super late. Because, uh... Busy. We... Our oldest graduated with her master's degree. In something very lucrative. (laughs) Matthew O'Neill. Hey, as someone who has two in library sciences and education, I can make fun of other degrees that are not as lucrative. Um, well... As someone who has the awesomest master's degree. In what? Education. Oh, they give that out at Green Star. Those are in uh, cereal boxes at this point. <laughs> you have to send in 30 box tops. <laughs> then you get a master's in education. Box tops for education. That's what that That's means That's what it now. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Included in this shipment is a master's degree. Is a master's in education. No, you know what? I'm. I am... The older I get, the more I realize that my master's degree in education taught me many of the things that I use every single day. Oh, 100%. Which, when it was happening, I didn't think that that was going to be the case. I was like, what are we doing right now? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because, I mean, I did the thing where you get certified and your master's in like one program so right one like fell swoop mm. so in my master's classes there was like the early childhood development that i didn't give a shit about yeah at all i loved that class but i had children <clears throat> right i had small children at the, the time so I was that like, is, this is fascinating and i probably if i took it now or learned about it now it would be very fascinating but going in as like i was like 22 when i started Knowing I wanted to teach like teenagers. high school teenagers. Yeah. And so little of that curriculum was about how to teach anything to teenagers. It yeah. was just all like psychology development, a lot of early childhood, a lot of middle school. And I'm like, this isn't fucking useful for me. How do I talk to kids instead of teenagers? Is this useful? No, no. Yeah, except that it was. Well, because so many high school students are still developmentally middle school. Right, but you're not talking to a child, though, when you are. Right. It didn't help with, like, classroom dynamics and conversations with a 16-year-old. Like, where you... Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, please prepare me for my job. I don't give a shit about Piaget (laughs) or Erickson or any other jabronis. Throwback. Like, like, maybe theoretically this is great. However, I'm like, I, I mean, I'm a one. Yeah, so you're like, like, how is this applicable? Prepare me for the job I want to do, so that I can do it the best, yeah. or just at I all, just fucking at all. Like, I don't care about oh, what's the other dude. Well, who's the the guy with the zone of proximal development? Mm-hmm. And I lost my mind when I learned about that because it was just <laughs> the biggest no shit I've ever encountered. I'm like, I'm paying money for this. It's just like a student can get to only a certain level, and then you need them. They need you. To help them get a little higher. I'm like, With are you scaffolding. fucking kidding me? <laughs> this entitles me to a master's degree? You know what? But I think that um, for some people, those things are intuitively obvious. And for other people, True. those things are not intuitively I guess, obvious. You know, if anything, working in education teaches you. He's got to stop making that noise. Yeah, I'll get to it. Okay. If anything in education teaches you, it's that never assume anything right so yes some things need to be explained and taught to everybody so yeah there's that but here's the thing (laughs) outside of school and education like outside of working in a school building Mm -hmm. i find myself reflecting on my time working and learning about education and it's pretty useful actually it's incredibly useful incredibly useful and i think that you know i mean this is totally a tangent this is not the topic of the day guys um i think the part that i've found is the most useful is understanding where others have experienced educational trauma i mean that sounds like a very dramatic phrase but like little t educational trauma that impacts how they can function and interact with other people 
in social situations, in work situations, how they learn new skills, how they don't learn new skills. Like a lot of that education language has been helpful in the workplace. And um, so we make fun of masters in education and (laughs) it's really just us goofing around. Um, We have one so we can make fun of it all we want. We can. And so anyway, our oldest did not get a master's in education. <laughs> we would not she allow it. She got an MSW and she's going to do amazing yes. things in this world. And we're very excited. However, we spent some time in Boston. Oh, yeah. That's how we got there. <laughs> I forgot why. We, well, we, I mean, it's just I, I keep saying how busy we are and you're like, no, we're not. I'm like, we at the, when we started this until in the winter... We had three episodes in the can that we just could release. Boom, boom, boom. And like we had next week's episode. We had the week after's episode. But that was winter time. Yes, I know. And I'm saying in the summer, we are and have been busier. Yeah, I guess it's just like busy. Busy. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Like we were hanging prayer flags in the garden today. This is our busy. It all takes time. <laughs> okay. Um, and then when we were in Boston, we started to not feel awesome. So there's been some sickness, and we thought maybe COVID. I wasn't. I wasn't feeling good before we left Boston. We drove to Boston. I was feeling like it felt like allergies. I would just like the record to show that he told me he had allergies. It felt like it. And had I known he was ill, actually ill, if he was actually ill, I would have been like, "You have to take a COVID test before we're going to Boston." It felt like allergies. It felt like. I mean, I get made fun of when I get man colds. So I'm like, okay, this is probably just allergies. It's just the, allergies. the weather's breaking again, where it's like finally actually spring. Yeah, it totally could have been because then, we both have tested negative for COVID. And it didn't get worse. Right. Like I woke up one day, it felt kind of lousy. I woke up the next day and I didn't feel infinitely worse, which is usually what happens <clears> when you're sick. It's like, wow, I feel worse right now, which wasn't right. the case. So I thought like, okay, I'm fighting off allergies. I mean, it was a cold, like yeah. the sniffles, sure. you know, I mean, just congested in coffee and stuff. Yeah. Two COVID tests in a week. Both two COVID negative. tests in a week Boom. for each of us. Totally negative. And it has uh, impacted our schedule. Yeah. So apologies. <laughs> I don't apologize. Whatever. I'm apologizing for our tardiness, for our alleged tardies. Ugh, um, yeah. And today we're going to talk about... Jomo. Jomo, which is Jomo, the opposite of FOMO. Which is the opposite. Or one might even say the antidote <laughs> to FOMO. Um, so for those and, that don't know, FOMO is the fear of missing out. And Jomo is the joy of missing out. Yeah. And ironically, our initials are Jomo. They are. When they're not Mojo. Right. And so it's kind of been a running joke Mm. that this is uh, part of our motto or one of our mottos of our relationship dynamic is that we fully embrace Jomo. Oh, absolutely. So we're going to talk about embracing Jomo, maybe even embracing Jomo as an antidote to FOMO. And what that enables us to experience and uh, do in our lives since we are not having this uh, regular urge (laughs) (laughs) to make sure that we go and do all the things and all the places and participate in absolutely everything, which is certainly a dynamic of it. But let's maybe start with that. Like, okay, most people... I don't even know if that's true. Some people experience fear of missing out, FOMO. Yeah. More so than they would say that or identify that they experience JOMO. Do we want to think about life cycles too? That's a weird way to put it. But like times of your life. Stages of life. Stages, right. Like I know definitely 20s, mid-20s even, wanting to not miss out on certain things things mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. hangout sessions people gathering stuff like that like definitely knowing i wanted to at least be a part of it i don't know if maybe if you if i'd call it fomo but 
wanting to be there. I don't know if there was a fear behind missing it, but just desire to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Where that doesn't exist as much anymore right now. Right. What do people typically, do you think, have like the most fear around missing out on? I think that could be a couple of things. One, genuinely missing something that's fun. Mm-hmm. Like an activity yeah. or an event. or. But you know what? Since it's called FOMO and the F is for fear, yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with being included for any positivity. or like. I think it's the fear of what's being said about them when they're not there. Oh. That's so what that's that's the fear. Or so like that could being, be part of it. Being replaced as a member of the friend group, mm-hmm. being not needed, uh, being yeah. not picked being because not you picked. didn't get the invitation right. to begin with. Uh-huh. Or like you got the invitation but can't go. Right. And then you don't get another one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm thinking right now. Okay. Is it bad that I'm like in my head? Thinking about men versus women, masculine versus feminine energy in this regard. Maybe. We'll come back to that. Okay. Put a pin in that. All right. We'll circle back. We'll circle back. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking circle back. Goddamn Who started it. that word? Some asshole. Who started that phrase? So, <clears throat> also, I think that there is a fear of missing out on like credit in some ways like you know um i mean i just think about in work dynamics and in projects and things like that like if a group of people are working on something and you're like i really don't have time to work on this project like there being a, a missing out on not being a part of that team or people thinking that you're less valuable because you didn't participate to this particular project. That's interesting. You bring up professional. I strictly was thinking about this through social right? interactions. I never thought of it professionally, like in the job kind of. Well, because I was thinking aspect. about what you were saying and um, when you what you just said in regards to masculine and feminine energy. Mm. And I was thinking about the difference in context between social or like vocational career-based things that people Hmm. might have a fear of missing out out on, and that would come from a different core fear, Mm. right? Oh, okay. You know what? Now that I'm framing this Uh in a professional job-type situation, I can see it. Yeah. I can like, I can't really pick out any instances of like, yes, this is a period where I've experienced this, but I can imagine it. I mean, I can think of scenarios uh, in like teaching, mm-hmm. thing, projects, teams, anything going right. on where like, oh, I want to be a part of this either to maybe I want to impress my boss. Right. Maybe I want to impress coworkers. Maybe I want to broaden whatever groups or clubs or things I'm involved with at the school. Yeah. That's and well, and then there's also like... Uh, you know, climbing a ladder type of reasons, like what this would look like on Mm. a resume. You know, I was thinking about it and of course I have to go to pop culture because that's where my brain goes. And like, so let's take the show with the big bang theory. Okay. All right. In the big bang theory, we could feasibly say that majority of the characters in this show don't have a fear of missing out for the most part on like social engagements. Like, like w- it would any of them be upset if the others hung out without them? Well, that I think that they would be okay. Oh, because then, it's a okay. tight knit group, but like, so, you know, for example, for those of you who don't know, there's a female character who lives across the hall. It's like the premise of a lot of this show. And then these kind of like nerdy scientist guys, and, uh, you know, Penny would have a party mm. or she would have a gathering. And the idea of going to this gathering, like nobody was really like, I mean, think about it. Like Raj couldn't talk around women for right. the majority of that entire show. Yeah. Leonard was perpetually awkward. Sheldon hates human beings for the most part. 
maybe Howard's character early on would be like, are there going to be chicks there? And he was going to be in that, like, he would be in, like, that gross stage of his character that was like, thank God that Bernadette You don't out. think Leonard had FOMO about that? I think he would want to be there for anything. I think that he wanted to be wherever Penny was, right, but, but I think- not... Really? At a party. Really? Because no. he went like to the Halloween party for a season. He wanted to hang out with uh, watching football, even though nothing about that. He didn't want to watch football. He, oh, okay. Yeah. All know. right. Okay. So in that context, I would say that they're, eh, for the most part, leaning towards introverted. Like if we're all oh, on yeah. that spectrum <laughs> and somewhere, they would lean on that end and they could experience the joy of missing out the joy of staying home reading a comic book being able to enjoy their hobbies in their time frame in their space wearing whatever they want like not having to socialize joy of missing out on the party Mm. now as scientists working at a university who are required to produce a certain amount of work publish things get things recognized Mm the fear of missing out on being oh, a yeah. part of a research project would be painful for them. Or the, I mean, I, how many episodes revolved around or at least mentioned being the first to publish on a certain topic exactly. and not be beaten by any other team that might do it first. Right, right. And so <clears throat> I think there's like this interesting concept to be with around Jomo, which is... You know, it's certainly one experience to step into the joy of missing out on a social engagement, mm. like on what that affords you. What do you get to invite into your life because you have missed out on this social engagement? Jomo, when it comes to pr- the professional world, I think is much harder for people because mm. there is such an attachment to value and production. Yeah. And um, and I think that because of that pressure to be a part of something, to produce something, to contribute to the team, to go, 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 um, the accessing Jomo and, and genuinely being able to access the joy of missing out will likely only come from a place of understanding that you need uninterrupted space for creative process to happen to be able to think about new ideas, to be able to develop new ways of doing things or produce new content, material, whatever it is that is part of of someone's vocation. So Mm. it's like if we're looking in, if we're looking through the professional or vocational lens of Jomo, that joy is going to come from the awareness around that required space. You cannot be a part of every single project. You can't be a part of every single team effort uh, that comes along at the level that you want to be, for one, because there's too much attention dispersion. And then, and secondly, it doesn't leave you that spaciousness for creativity to flow. It doesn't leave you that spaciousness also for just like, recalibrating and restoring yourself. You know, it, it's a one-way ticket to burnout. FOMO at work is a one-way ticket to, to burnout. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. That's what I was just going to say. Like, thinking about... As a teacher, there was a lot of things I wish I could miss out on. As in, don't ask me to do this. <laughs> right. You know? And yeah. then that just leads to... Yeah, totally leads to burnout, being overextended, you know, spread too thin kind of thing. Well, and as a teacher too, there's a culture of like, if you're not doing something, if you're not doing, if you're not volunteering Mm. for the club, right, then you're not pulling your weight. Or you're not, too. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like genuinely wanting to be involved. And then there's also like, well, I should be involved in something. So X, Y, and Z can see that I'm doing things after hours, which if you are not, God forbid, God forbid you go home at the end of the school day and take care of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the other thing 
is we've talked about so far this uh, fear of missing out, joy of missing out in regards to social engagement, being a part of a community, being a part of a group of friends, not wanting to be left out of things. We've talked about it through the lens of work and vocation, but there's also this more like this other side of FOMO that is kind of borders on addiction Okay. That has to do, and I think that this plagues more like adolescents and teenagers mm. than than adults. And maybe I'm wrong. I I don't you know have like actual data. Um, my opinion flying around the room. <laughs> um, I think that there's sometimes a, a strong pull to social media, mm. and you know Instagram scrolling and and those kind of things is a genuine fear of missing out on a trend on a you know piece of information that's flying around mm-hmm. or something that other people have in their awareness and um and I think that you know again it then teeters right over because everything is always connected into this like produce 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 mindset around anyone who is a content creator mm, like if yeah. you aren't pumping out memes and tiktoks and you know then you're missing out on right. potential followers you're missing out on so it's it's just a very interesting concept to break down into different categories i think because you know we can definitely be like, we love Jomo. We're all about the the joy of missing out. And is that true as a universal statement for us um, in these different categories? Or do we see where sometimes like, oh, yeah, I can teeter over into the fear of missing out about this thing or fear of missing out about this thing? Yeah, I think uh, personally, I, I do not have FOMO, which doesn't mean if something happens that I wanted to be a part of. I miss it. I'm not like bummed. I missed it. Oh, I wanted to do this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like if Jesse were to go play golf without me, right? I I would be sad that I couldn't get to play with him, but I would not be afraid. Right. I wouldn't be afraid that like, oh, I'm going to be replaced as a golfing buddy, you know, a friend. You know, I would not. I don't have that fear. Right. I think there's a difference. You You're can, not like texting Jesse every right. morning, being like, Jesse, are you going to go play golf today? Did you play golf with someone are you else? Gonna play golf? Are you going to play golf? You, you play with someone else? Did you? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Did you play with somebody else? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like, I, you know, I think there's a difference between missing out, like doing the missing, mm-hmm. you know, where you genuinely wish you were there, but be, the fear, the being afraid of missing it is another level of anxiety about whatever relationship you're in. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to be replaced. I'm afraid that yeah. I'm never going to get an invite again. Right. I have no FOMO about anything. I don't. It's, uh, my professional FOMO was exercised uh, completely not yeah. too long ago. Mm-hmm. Not too long ago, professionally. For a while, I could see myself thinking, oh, I want to be a part of this. This is going to be something I want to be involved in. No, it's all gone. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you want to not include me? That's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And <laughs> which I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, we can, here's uh, the thing: we can unpack that later if you want. FOMO is not being in the present moment. Boom! Mindful. Like if wait, you are, can we cue up some mindfulness sounds? What is the mindfulness sound? Wait, some Enya or something? I don't know. Wait, here it is. Like, let's, yeah, that's, it. that's good. Look at that. All over that. Oh my God. FOMO, if you're experiencing a fear of missing out on something that has not even happened yet, mm. you are in the future. You are mm. time traveling. You are not in the present moment. You are not, you know, if you could interrupt that thought around fear of missing out and get clear about exactly what you just said, mm. which was this is not about missing out on, I didn't get invited to go to the concert with my two other friends. They went without me. You know, if you get underneath the fear that you're projecting is possibly going to happen in the future, what you get to get clear around is what the quality of this relationship is. 
just going to say that uh, if you are experiencing fear, like legitimate fear in situations like this, you should reevaluate this relationship and your friends. Yeah. And also get really clear about your own insecurities. Get rid of them. (laughs) How about just get clear about your own insecurities and say something along the lines of, hmm, when I get left out of plans, I get insecure that it means something about you not wanting to hang out with me. You know, that that could be like a, you know. Happy medium. (laughs) Somewhere in there. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. There's also Foji. What is Foji? Fear, F-O-J-I, fear of joining in, hmm. which I identify with as well. Although not, again, lately, since I've, you know, become a 35 and over, you know, I could definitely, that I, I can call up experiences about, you know, it's like the, hey, go play with them on the... Mm. In the swing or whatever. Oh, yeah. there's some of your peers, whatever. There, just go sit next to them. Yep. Although you know them, like, oh no, I don't want to, don't want to intrude. Don't want to be a bother. They didn't ask me. You mm-hmm. know, all those stories. Yeah, yeah, like that kind of anxiety. I have vivid memories of replaying in my brain. Um, yeah. As a young person, totally. That's hard to get over because it's you know one kind of slight that isn't actually a slight can create a lot of stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a tough one. Fear of joining in. Yeah, I can see how that would be. Well, another, (laughs) probably the shadow aspect of the antidote of fear of missing out (laughs) would be the fear of joining in. And it's still a future projecting situation. Is it about rejection? Oh, are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot of memories again of like the fear of joining in Mm -hmm. and i do think that i can recall like some situations where i'm like oh gosh i wish that you know i had hung back a little bit more and not inserted myself in this but i didn't experience like um that future projection of like oh what could go wrong here Mm. you know oh i remember in college like first year loaded with foji yeah oh yeah really totally oh absolutely like of even when like being invited i would be very cautious and nervous and not eager Mm. yeah i was a total like kind of a recluse Mm -hmm. first year you don't say yeah i do say it was very not fun (laughs) wow Oh, honey, it wasn't fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now you feel like a dick, don't you? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like a dick. And um, I mean, he, he you said to his wife, <laughs> you literally just said, uh, I don't experience FOMO. So I don't know. Being a recluse in. It sounds like the best thing ever. Oh, you mean like when I was 19, 20? You are being very confusing right now. Sorry. You need to stick to your story. Past me as a recluse. Former you as a recluse was uncomfortable with that. Uh, Lonely. Lonely. Yeah. I mean, you don't ever have to worry about being lonely again because I'm here. I don't get lonely. (laughs) I don't know if that's what you want to hear or not. I don't get bored and I don't get lonely. Is it because I'm just always here though? Yeah, there's no... There's no window for bored. What about when I was in Italy? Did you get lonely? No. That doesn't say, you didn't ask if I missed you. Okay. Don't ask that though. <gasps> Not on me. <laughs> I love it when I can say things that make you gasp. Oh my. So sometimes I just God. say things to hear that. <sighs> anyway, um, I'm not going to talk about this topic with you anymore. I am going to create a segue over... <laughs> Do we have a segue music? Do we? Well, wait, we do. Hold on. There it is. Okay. <laughs> segue. Nice. This is why you don't get lonely or bored because you just play with songs and electronics and books. Yeah, that's exactly yes. exactly what you do. That's exactly what I do. So that is uh, my segue. Putting Jomo 
into practice, if it isn't a baseline or easy to come by behavior, you know, for just like people who don't have this magical pixie dust that you have where you sprinkle it on your head and you don't have any kind of fear of missing out and you don't miss anybody, including your wife, and (laughs) you are never lonely and you're never bored and you are self-sustaining Completely. We call it Gregorian monk dust. Just spray it on you, and all of a sudden, you're just content. With all of a sudden, you're just instantly, enlightenedly content. Like, uh, and then if I'm enlightened, that's more of a Tibetan thing, I think. Okay. Anyway, uh, gonna, not it, everybody experiences that. Can we just point out that you said enlightened and not me? <laughs> just going to leave that there. Okay. I'm going to regret that later. <clears throat> First and foremost, I think that it's important to sit down and make a list of things that maybe you believe you don't have enough time to do in your life. Like, oh, I really wish that I would cross-stitch more, but I don't have time for that. Or um, I really enjoy potting plants and, you know, creating an indoor succulent garden, but I don't have time. Is the succulent the type of plant or the adjective you're using to describe the garden? <clears throat> it is a type of plant. Ah, okay. Um, and Or maybe it's like, oh, I, I have this stack of books that I bought at the book sale that I would love. Which to- everyone could have seen that arm motion that you could probably hear in that last sentence. Because you could hear, like, you could almost, I think your <laughs> mouth went further away from the microphone. <laughs> Look at all these stacks of books in here we got at the bookstore. It's a lot of books. There's stacks all over. It's, you knew this when you married me. This isn't, this so, isn't, this is nothing new. Maybe you too have a stack of books that you're like, ah, oh, I wish I had more time for reading. I wish I had more time for whatever. If you can sit down and make a list of those activities that you genuinely enjoy, that, have you feeling like just connected and nourished and relaxed and just, you know, in a different kind of energetic space than the like, go, go, do, 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 you know, involve, involve all those uh, different types of more active energies. And when you look at that list and you realize that <clears throat> the second that there is an opportunity to miss out mm. on something, you've created a window of space and time to do one of the things that's on that mm. list. Oh, that's cool. See, I like stuff like that because it's like a very practical way to handle something. Well, you just like lists. I do love lists. What is that? Like, I really enjoy making lists. You love them so much. Yeah, I do. It's just like it. my belly has this sense of like, it's like serotonin or whatever is just gets released. I'm like, oh, sweet. I get to make a list. Lists of books you want to read. Yeah. Like you should see my login screen for my like account for the my library login. Yeah. You can make lists, lists. and add books to it. Yeah. I have a lot. I'm going to I'm going to look up how many there are. Okay. So we can tell. But I bet you it's I'm going to guess it's 20 lists of golf scores. That's what that notebook, the big ass yeah. five subject mm-hmm. notebook. Lists of board games you want to check out, purchase, learn. Yeah, that's on a notepad yeah. in my phone. Yeah. Then there's also the like non-recreational lists, like things you have to do at work. Yeah. Task lists. That's just essential. That's not even fun. I mean, it's like, <clears throat> it's not, that's not fun. That's calming and soothing and grounding. Do you think that lists are one of your love languages? Yes. Yes. Because of how many times I ask you for them. And when I get them, I just feel so, so happy. Like, the look you gave me this morning when I was going to say, oh, okay, (laughs) I should go get my second COVID test after, you know, we got back from Boston and such. And while you're doing that, can you go to this, like, plant store and get some, I don't even know what you said at first. Can you get some plants? Okay, what do you want? You're like, just see what they have. I'm like, that is not good. No, I mean, I'll be like, they have a bazillion things. When I asked for a list, you were not happy with me. You may have just been tired. You said you didn't sleep great last night. So may, I don't know what was going on, but you were 
Oh, because you were late for your COVID test because the car was locked with the keys inside somehow, which shouldn't. Oh, that's not what was happening. That that was in the past. By the time we were having this conversation, (laughs) this conversation was when you were like, "Give me a list," and I'm standing in the kitchen, like about to go outside and do things, and I'm like, "Just call me when you get there." And you were like, but give me a list. And so I started listing things, but I didn't actually write down a list, but I just started listing right, things. Yeah. And then you were like, I'm just going to call you when I get there. Right, I'm like, what did I just say? I was trying to do something while you were trying to explain something, and I can't do two things at once. So I missed that, obviously. <clears throat> well, anyway, I've, I have a, I have a date night gift for you. What? It's a list? Let oh. me know how you feel about this list. Oh, my God. What is this list? It's called. Oh. oh, what? What is this? This is what is this deflation? This is a very complicated set of feelings right now. That oh, I'm, tell yeah. me about this complicated. Set so of the feelings. list is called outside beauteous. Outside beauteous. Which that that that's a phrase my father would use to just you know when we had to go outside and like mow the lawn, rake the leaves, any sort of outside lawn care yard. Which is one of my, this is one of my favorite phrases that my father-in-law has, by the way, is outside beauteous. And it's not like doing outside, like it wasn't like this was torture. It wasn't terrible. You know, as a kid, I would rather be doing other things. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, I have to go toil. (laughs) But (laughs) now that we have our own garden and Mm -hmm. like place and... And our own outside to beauteous. Mm-hmm. It has a different. It's it's becoming less charged. Well, because there are so many things that like our parents say or do, and then eventually we reach an age in our life where we're like, oh, I get it now. Oh, I to- totally oh, get it 100%. now. Absolutely. And this happens all the time with you and like your dad isms, um, <laughs> and outside beauteous. Yeah. Oh, totally. Now I just want to be like, can someone help me stack some freaking wood? Let's go. Outside beauteous. We're stacking wood. No, Henry. No, dogs. We weren't talking to you. Dear Lord. Only Henry so, could stack wood. And I, oh man, he'd be a beast at it. He'd be <laughs> so good. He'd probably be scared of it somehow. Um, yeah. Oh, totally get it. Okay. So initial feeling is a list. Pure excitement. Mainly because the title of the list is in bold. Uh-huh. And then there's a gap between the title and the first item on the list. Mm-hmm. That is, and this is... It's a stellar list. It's great. So then I register what it says, and I think is that initial clench of outside beauteous, which mm-hmm. is just un- I've not unlearned that clench. Right. But we're getting there. Okay. And it just means a lot of manual labor outside, mm-hmm. which I have mixed feelings about. Yep. It's good to be outside. I need to be outside. Uh, I don't always want to be outside doing this. It's a stuff. short period of time where we get to be outside. You're right. And all of this stuff is all, is going to make our space beautiful. Beauteous. It's going to make it beauteous. And <laughs> for all who live here or come here to enjoy. So, and it's and it's not like we're going to get to the bottom of this list. I'm going to say, oh man, what a drag. What right. a waste of time. No, it's, it's going to be a visible thing I can see that is noticeable, <clears throat> measurable difference. Mm-hmm. And fixed fire pit. I'm already halfway done with that. We can... Almost take that one off the you can list. Almost cross something off. Probably the list. would be able to do it tomorrow if it wasn't going to rain. But too, oh, it's going to rain. It's too bad. Too put bad. That, on, put that, that on hold that, for Saturday. That that out, that that outdoor beauteous. Yeah, gonna... that list is that list radiates white hot sex. It does. I love it. Yay! Thank you for that. I love that list. I'm so glad that you love it, and that I got to give you a dirty nerdy Thursday gift that speaks to your one of your rando love languages that you made up. You know what's funny is thinking of lists when we saw Ant Man and the Wasp, which came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd says something hilarious before they're about to like try to go steal something. You know, it's an Ant Man movie, so there's some sort of heist involved, I guess. And he is talking to Evangeline Lilly, and they're like, "What do we need to do? I don't know." Paul Rudd's like, "Well, here's how we start." Like Pat Pap always said, we make a list. And I remember turning to you in the theater only because of our list conversations. Even mm-hmm. then, I'm like, yes, vindicated by Paul Rudd and Ant-Man. 
Pap Pap said Mikolas. Now it even has an extra layer of wonder because I am the Pap Pap that's making lists now. You are. It's great. I can't wait. Are that. Very exciting. So after that uh, digression, we are back to how to actually put Jomo into practice. So if we have... Uh, if we have this magic list, this love language list of things that you would like to do, you get to start to implement those things. The other aspect of putting the joy of missing out into practice is being able to just do nothing and practice doing nothing. And it doesn't have to be for a long period of time. It doesn't have to be like, You know, you check out of life for 45 minutes and pull out a cushion and sit on it cross-legged and be one with your thoughts. Like, it can be five minutes of just a pause. And, um, you know, and and I think that uh, it's it's important to create these little micro moments of pause or stepping away or removing yourself from social situations and constant uh, inundation of information. Like, for example, you know, when I was working in an office type of setting, like an administrative setting, second or, uh, you know, post high school education, there was a lot of like eating lunch with other people. Oh, yeah. And, there's nothing wrong with eating lunch with other people. It can be really lovely to get to connect with your coworkers and to get to talk about things that aren't necessarily work-related. Like that itself can be stepping away from doing work. However, if you're the type of person that is consistently at the end of a day, kind of like, wow, I'm a little burnt out. I'm really tired. My mind just is kind of overwhelmed if you're saying yes to every single let's have lunch together invitation, if you're saying yes to every, oh, let's take a 10 minute walk outside on our break and grab a cup of coffee invitation, you're again, not giving yourself enough spaciousness to allow creativity to spark, to allow yourself to decompress those kind of things. Everyone needs a little nothing. Everyone needs a little nothing. And you know, the way that electronics are set up in our world, our working world, our our social world today too, is that there's notifications, there's sounds that constantly go off and Mm. pull our attention over. And it's like, well, I got to have these notifications on so that I don't miss out on something that I need to be doing. You know, like, I mean, I, and I slip into it so easily. Like, yeah, you do. I, (laughs) Despite my best efforts, you you do. I do. I I'll notice that I will have muted my computer, and at the end of the, a workday where my computer was muted all day, and I didn't get the like constant pinging and dinging of every single platform where people are mm. commenting, asking questions, making requests. I generally am more relaxed. I just am. And the days where like it's constant sounds. I mean, the terrible part about it is I overcompensate by turning the sounds off on my phone. It drives me crazy. All the time. I hate that you So do then that. I like overcompensate in this other area because oh I'm so sick of hearing all of the, oh, I got an email. Oh, I got a Slack notification. Oh, I got a notification in Facebook. I got a notification in Mighty Network. I got a notification, notification, notification. Um it's okay if you don't see a notification for a few hours. Like, it's fine. It will be okay. And and so you can miss out on that mm. because you're not actually going to miss out on it. It's just going to be delayed. Mm. Yeah, it drives me nuts the way you, what you, everything about your phone, everything you do with your phone drives me crazy. <laughs> it's like there's so many times either the children I have texted or called you and you haven't seen it because... <laughs> Your phone is somewhere face down and there's no sound. Yeah. And you have one good ear and it doesn't lead to many, it leads to a lot of missed texts and calls. Apparently, I I don't have any fear of missing out on texts or calls. I know. We have a, it's not a fear. It's just like a, (laughs) 
need for you to listen. <laughs> Please see this message. No, I think I ha- I think I figured it out though because what I do is I put my phone on do not disturb. <laughs> and so nothing comes through, but I figured out that I can add certain people mm. to the do not disturb doesn't apply. Oh, there we go. So like- I I literally figured that out yesterday. Yeah, and I haven't really done anything to help you with this right. except like yell at you. Yeah, that's true. So, There's been no help. Not any use Mm-mm. I've been. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, my extent is just like, hey, would you God di- stop doing this? Please. You just turn your phone on. And, and then, I'm like, no, I hate it. It makes I, so many sounds. And that's, that's where I stop. Yeah. Well, it's it's fine because I handled it, you know, Yeah. like a boss. How many years has it been? <laughs> I got around to it eventually. <laughs> well, to each their own timeline. <clears throat> so... I think that from a social perspective, you know, the embracing Jomo requires looking at relationships and Mm. what is actually at the root of FOMO Mm. and getting clear with communication around like, hey, I don't need to be invited to everything. And I do enjoy being invited, even if I can't go, like just simple statements. The antidote to FOMO at work Mm. is, um, you know, is understanding that to shift over into Jomo at work, you can create a value system internally first and then environmentally that for every opportunity we give one another at work to step away and to recharge, we are giving people an opportunity to come back in a more creative, more refreshed, more engaged way. And so you're not actually missing out on anything you are getting to enjoy this new free time that has been created in this lack of a rush to chase the next project and the next social event and and so on and so forth and i think if we're if you're really noticing that you're physiologically going into fomo around social media posts or current trends or things like that like again i think that it's more of like I wa- I've watched this with high school students so yeah. much, you know, like I, I felt I could viscerally feel compassion for them because this idea of like putting their phones away, yeah. it was like, but I'm going to miss the invite. I'm going to miss the the funny thing. I'm going to, I'm going to miss out and then I'm going to be separate. And so I do think that this is, you know, really mostly pertains to to people that are adolescent or you know on the younger end of the scale. Yeah, and- I mean that if for a, you say this it makes me think of like being accessible 24/7. Yeah. And god, the more I look at social media I mean I hate to demonize it. I mean there's a lot of good things, but it's also a lot of garbage. So glad it wasn't around when we were in oh school. God. Oh my god! I'm just watching these kids deal with it and be on it, and I'm just so glad we grew up. I'm glad, like we just missed it. We really did. Like, yeah, we did. You know, there was internet in high school. There before. were like AOL chat rooms. Yeah, like as we were leaving high school, like we were in college when that stuff became really popular. Yeah, Oof, we just slid in under the wire that mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. i don't know how kids do it i mean uh, i mean especially like the anxiety of all of it like you were saying like missing the notification missing the invite you know getting it like even like getting a text from their parents yeah you know, it's like oh what if my parents need to reach me like well they'll call the school and they'll come up here if right. they, if they're not going to do all that then they can wait they can wait until at least like the end of this class <laughs> you know you don't need to learn right now Whatever it is, mm-hmm. and if it's that bad, they'll find you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was always the, and like they could not comp. My students could not comprehend this. Yep. And it's like, yeah, there was a time before, guys. It's, it, it it'll work out. It, it, it they'll find you if yep. they need you. They know where you are. They have your schedule. They gave it to you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so interesting. It's so interesting. Yeah. So let us know what you think about Jomo. I lean into the Jomo, man. Lean into it. Uh, notice what it affords you. Time to do. 
when you are, I'm going to do air quotes, missing out. Wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> um, and, and let us know if there are other scenarios where you've noticed where FOMO rises up and where JOMO can be yeah. an antidote. And, you know, of course, would like lightness and non-judgment because, like, it's not helpful to go to that place of, like, oh, I have this fear of missing out about so many things. Shame, shame, shame. Like, no, this is a very real experience for a lot of reasons. And oh, yeah. <clears throat> and it's just an invitation to play with, like, where can there be some joy of of missing out? I mean, I, I've noticed some days where I just am, you know, doing other things out in the garden Oh, the kids stop by, there's errands to run, like there's just things happening. And I'll be like, wow, I don't think that I've looked at social media all day. Yeah. And it feels amazing. Yeah, there are definitely some activities or times where I haven't looked at it in a while. And then I go back and look at it and think to myself, oh, this has been a while. Yeah. And it's always been nice. Right. It's never been something where I think, oh man, I really wish I had this on me for the past Right. I'm almost considering, like, I keep my golf score on my phone because it has an app. Uh-huh. I almost want to do it, like, on a regular paper-like scorecard. Like another list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yes, it's a list, uh, list of numbers. Oh, All right, friends. Well, hold on. One thing oh. is every little, everyone needs a little bit of nothing. That sounds like a Counting Crows song. Does sound like a Counting Crow song. And fuck them. Can you please write that Counting Crow song, please, for me? Can you sing it? <laughs> I wish I could do, do it. Do it with the voice right now. I don't even know if I could do the voice right now. You have to start with an actual Counting Crow song and then and move it over into. Make it super whiny. Yeah. I can't even do it. Oh, <laughs> there's, he's on the spot. Yeah. Can it's you, not like Eddie Vedder. I can't Can you do Hootie song. and the Blowfish style? Everyone needs a little <laughs> bit of nothing <laughs> And a little tenderness When you do that so much Tenderness is the part that kills me every Tenderness time. Also, do you want to guess how many lists I have in my library account? <laughs> yes uh, I'm going to say a cool 55 47 Ooh. Close. Price is right though, you lose no, I hate prices right yeah, rules. Just saying. All right, friends. This is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>